0: Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. I think I know everybody in the room. If I don't know you, my name is Landon Snow. So glad to do community with you guys. So glad to be doing church um, in the city being a part of the kingdom of god expanding is really fun and i really really enjoy it it's all about jesus we do all of this for king jesus we talked about this at the worship night but the energy and effort it goes into doing ministry it's all worth it because of jesus for what he's done he's done a lot the risk he took to love us is tremendous to go as far as he went and then not force us into love is, I mean, he's crazy. (laughs) He's crazy to not force us and give us a free will to love him, honestly. And so he's done so much, and so the least we could do is give him our time and energy. So I love doing this with you guys. He's worth it. After the sermon, we're going to go back into that song again and give Jesus more honor and praise because he is phenomenal. Well, yesterday I coached my daughter's basketball game. We, yeah, yeah. My oldest daughter, Hope, we started the basketball season yesterday. It was phenomenal. Uh, I love basketball, have a history in basketball. That was her first time playing. Had a whole lot of fun. It's really fun to watch the dynamics of the children learning how to play the sport. They don't know how to throw the ball in yet. You know, they're figuring it all out. It's funny, they... They're moving and they're looking at me like, can I do what I'm doing right now? Is this, is this permissive, The whole, you know, the whole thing? <clears throat> and they're figuring out double dribble and traveling and all of that stuff. And it's just really cute. It's basically boiled down to if you get the ball around the goal, shoot it. Like, that's success. They're still trying to get it. I'm trying to get in the head of, like, literally, if you're by the goal, shoot it. Just shoot the ball if you get it right there. Like, I don't care if you don't hit the right, just shoot it. So we're figuring it out and it's just a whole lot of fun. The competitive nature in me started to come out a little bit. Stacy was like, Okay, okay. <laughs> it's been lying dormant for quite some time. Uh so that was just kind of fun. And then um Love After Marriage is a course that we do here. We're gonna do another one in April led by the Gardeners, roughly April. There'll be way more information on Yeah, yeah. Uh, we value healthy marriages here. Uh, there'll be way more information on that in January, but we did a course, kind of like an intensive here in the middle of the year, and Mike and Vicki were a part of that, and last night they threw a party for the uh, Love After Marriage marriages that were there, and so we got to go to their house and hang out. And the funny parallel was we started playing games, and I thought it was interesting how it was basically the same thing as the basketball court. A bunch of people who are like figuring out like how competitive can I be? Is this socially normal? (laughs) Can I like nudge someone out of the way to go get the candy cane with my mouth? Like just all of these games we were playing and uh, there was two fist fights. (laughs) But here at Cedar House we believe in the tools that we were given for Love After Marriage and we were reconciled and everyone is good yeah so uh i got beat by a 12 year old at a card game and uh the competitive i uh, left thinking like it's okay and i was like you know what that's not okay i'm gonna reschedule my own party i'm gonna beat him very badly a competitive thing i don't care what it is it's coming out in me i just want to win and everything no i'm just kidding but it was a whole lot of fun. Um, There's so much going on this holiday season here at Cedar House and th- things outside of Cedar House that are within this group of people. Please don't be lonely during this season. Get plugged in. We've got several things going on this week. Just a really fun time. New Year's night is going to be awesome, all that stuff. So I want to pray over the holidays as I've been doing typically what happens at the holidays is it brings up old sores and old wounds and families and just drama and expectations and all of that stuff and i don't think that's in heaven so it's not supposed to be here families get together we're supposed to have a good time and a jolly time of celebration so this is the prayer that i want and so you can agree with me and i'm going to pray over peace over this holiday season you with me All right. Um, Father, I thank you that you are a celebratory God and that you like parties and you like hanging out and you like having a good time. But I, God, I just ask for the peace that passes understanding. Pray for the relationships that make us nervous of seeing each other at this time of year, that there would be peace and just, God, we just need a supernatural touch on some of those. And I pray that the prodigals would come home and there'd be reconnection and just a great time that this season... It would be an awesome season in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I had a word today that I was going to give, and I woke up this morning and definitely felt a shift in my heart. Uh, a lot of times, how God speaks to me is right when I wake up. Um, it's Psalm fifty, verse four and five. It's the Lord wakens. It's Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. The Lord wakens me morning by morning, like one being taught. So some of you may understand this. <clears throat> it's, um, it's, it's as I'm waking up out of a dream or not in a dream to opening my eyes, there's like this five-second period where God speaks to me. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Um, there's a scripture for it. It's Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. Um, the Lord wakens us morning by morning like one being taught, and I felt something on my heart. That was for today. I felt like... So it shifted what I was going to talk about um, a little bit. There's still some of the elements in there. So this is just going to be a little bit raw and a little bit from the heart. Um, Not that every... The other sermons are not from the heart. I'm just babbling theology and hopefully someone leaves change is basically what I'm doing. Just kidding. Um, But so, yeah, I felt like God... Uh, gave i 'm always praying for like God, what is the word for 2018 for Cedar house and just for people? By the way, if you do not have a word for 2018 come on new year 's Eve night for the worship night we 're going to have this ministry school here and just releasing them to prophesy over everyone so you can you have more than enough permission to get prophesied over that night so i 'm always asking God like what is the word for this year? So I felt like God told me, this is a corporate word, but this is also an individual word that you can take with you if you would like. I felt like God told me that for 2018, you will get as much out of 2018 as you put into it. You will get as much out of 2018 as you put into it. And I felt like God was inviting us to, if we want, this is our decision, which we'll get into That 2018 can be a year that we look back upon in 5, 10, 15 years and thank God for 2018. 2018 can be a very benchmark year that we can be thankful for moving forward if we'll partner with him. I don't know if you feel this. You probably do if you're a part of the community. There's definitely a stirring. Something is happening here in this community that is something in the structure There's a momentum happening in the spirit. There's a momentum happening under the uh, purpose and destiny of all of our lives. How many of you are feeling an awakening? Like something's just kind of awakening. I've I've been dormant and something's kind of awakening. That's God. And in our community, that thing is really happening. And in 2018, you can have as much as you want. See, God gives the Spirit without measure. All limitations of how much we have of God are on our end, not His end. So we can keep going. We can have as much as we want to have. His expectation is heaven on earth. We're not even close to that, so we have a long ways to go in a good way. And it's up to you and I, if we partner with God, to see all of this happening in our life. When I say that you can get as much out of it as you put in, that is a fancy way of saying you will reap what you sow. So sowing and reaping is a foundation in the kingdom of God. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. You don't have to like what I'm saying. The sooner you just embrace that, the happier you'll be. (laughs) Your life will be more fruitful when you embrace the reaping and sowing. Part of um, a culture that believes in the supernatural and believes in the grace of God Uh, One of the errors that if we're not careful as a community that we can very easily fall into is that sowing and reaping uh, stopped at the cross. That's not true. We're about to read scripture for it. What the cross did was divine enablement for you to become who you're supposed to become. And it limited God's punishment from the, there was a void of sin The blood of Jesus hadn't hit yet, and there was such a pressure of sin in the Old Testament that that's no longer there. God is not trying to punish you, but your behavior matters, and it will come back into your life. We are about to uh, unpack this a little bit. So I want to read in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. This is Paul writing to the church here. Okay, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, they will also reap. Pause right there. This is is Paul saying what I just said. Guys, here's the deal. You don't have to believe me. This is true. That's Paul's way of just saying that. This will happen. God put this into the foundation of his kingdom, and when you sow something, you will reap that thing. You cannot get around this. This is into the fabric of the kingdom. Verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If, everyone say if. If we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those... (laughs) who are in the household of faith. So here's my desire. that we shift the way we think about sowing and reaping from it being a negative to a positive. So I grew up a Christian, um, a very strong believer. No one said this to me, but when I'd hear about sowing and reaping, it had a negative negative connotation to it. You know what I'm talking about? It had this... um, tarnish or this film to it like oh no I'm gonna get caught <laughs> like God's watching me and he's setting a trap for me and in high school it's like oh my gosh I'm around people smoking cigarettes God's gonna be upset like just all of that stuff that somehow my negative tally marks are gonna add up and one day something bad's gonna happen to me that's not true see God is a good loving father And everything he does, he sets us up for success. See, if you read the Bible, if you hang around believers, if you do anything in the Christian life, and your feeling about through what you read in Scripture is that God is trying to oppress you, you missed it. Just did this three-week sermon series on unmasking the religious spirit. There's a whole lot of content in that. Feel free to go jump into that if you want more information of what I just said. But the same way that you and I want to set our kids up for success, that's the same thing that the Father does. God is not trying to trick us, He's not trying to trap us. He is always trying to set us up for success so that we can have everything that He wants us to have. Even in a season of pruning, it may not be fun, but it is God's desire to set us up for success. He knows what we need, and He's always trying to place us into position. He is a perfect father. Jesus modeled this father perfectly. Jesus went around saying the word Abba, which means daddy or dada. There's, Jesus had a relationship with God that he was his dad. There's one scripture where Jesus starts explaining to everyone his father's house and how everyone he has room for everyone. Hey, my dad has a big house. And he's got room for everyone. He's awesome. You can come over. We can like hang out. He's got food for everyone. He's like the neighborhood awesome house. My dad has all that for you. He had this father-son connection from his dad to his son. Everything that Jesus modeled was that the father was setting us up for success. So here's the thing. Sowing and reaping is God setting us up for success. You and I should want the responsibility of sowing and reaping in our lives. Orphans stay away from this behavior. Sons and daughters run to it. You want to be held accountable for your life. The The message of grace, um, I don't necessarily hear this a lot in our community. I just know what lurks around when I say those type of things. I am not at all talking about abusing. Grace. It, it can go so far into where this abuse of grace, where you can do anything you want, and God will let you do anything you want. It's true, you can do anything you want. You're just going to reap what you sow. In the New Testament, God is requiring more of us, not less. In the Old Testament, you could, if you had a bad thought, you weren't held accountable for it. You just, if you didn't act out on it. In the New Testament, now I said, if you think it, it's like it's happened. He, the New Testament, under grace, He has actually raised the bar of character. And so we want, as sons and daughters, to be held responsible for sowing and reaping. So when the father says, you're going to reap what you sow, it's, thank you for setting me up for success. Here's the deal. Son, if you sow bad seed, you'll get bad seed. If you sow good seed, you'll get good seed. You're always sowing something. If you sow nonchalant, you'll get nonchalant. If you sow lazy, you'll get lazy. You cannot watch eight hours of Netflix and and expect good things. You You, You cannot sow a pumpkin seed and get a cucumber. It just doesn't work. What a man sows, a man will reap. So here's the deal. We have to shift how we think to, oh no, my negative things are getting tallied against me. That's where the blood comes in blood of jesus into okay this is great he's empowered me to make good decisions he's left me in charge of my life and i have a tool belt that i can start using so i can have success so i would like we're going to take full responsibility for our lives if you haven't figured this out here i believe we have free will i do not think god is controlling us That means you're held responsible for your life. And a fruit of the spirit is self-control. Why do you need that? Because you're in control of your life. It didn't say God control, it said self-control. You're in charge of your life. So let's make this really clear. Look at your life around you. What do you not like in your life? Don't blame anybody, right or wrong. If anyone's done anything wrong to you, it doesn't matter. We're taking 100% responsibility for our lives and think I am reaping what I've sown if you don't like your marriage I've, I have sown into my marriage and I'm getting what I've sown into so if there's things in your life that you don't like think okay I want to change the way I'm sowing so I can reap more fruit okay the religious thing that we covered so much that I don't want to go back into this victim thing, this victim thing that life just happens to me. Well, bad things happen. Well, that doesn't work that way. Well, I'm still sick. Well, finances didn't work out. Well, my child chose to do this. Well, I got in a car accident. You can do that all you want. You will never grow or have a lot of fruit in your life with that mentality. Where fruit comes from is going, huh? Okay. Okay. I'm set up for success. I'm going to reap what I sow. And today, I'm going to start changing the outcome of my life. You're in charge of your life. Not me, not God. You are. Amen? Uh, On my phone, it has... The screensaver says, Success is treating the hand that you were dealt like it's the one you wanted. So today... Where you are in your situation, think, okay, for 2018, I'm going to start sowing different seed. Do you want this with me? Do you like being held responsible for your own life? That's what Jesus is. He's constantly shedding things off of us to let us know that, hey, you're in charge of yourself. You make decisions for your life, not the church. God's not doing it for you. You're in charge. Amen? All right. There's one thing I want to highlight with this. In 2017, I the word for most of you probably were not here or have any idea what I'm talking about because we're evolving so much. But uh, the word was to schedule yourself. And that was something I felt like God told the church for 2017. And I feel like a little bit of shift on that in the sense of this. <laughs> schedule the seed that you want to sow. You will not just all of a sudden, good things will not just happening. You have to schedule yourself. Here's the deal. As believers, we fall into this, and it sounds spiritual, but it it keeps us isolated. God gives us a dream. He gives us a promise. He gives us an encounter. And then we just somehow think that we're just going to sit on that and good things will keep happening what happens is God gives us a dream and then it's our job to schedule ourselves and sow into that an encounter is not enough know that I'm I want us to encounter God like so much like I want the angels and Jesus like descending and ascending I want Jacob's ladder like right here during service right (laughs) I've, I'm telling you, I've been doing this now for 15 years, hardcore with God, and I've watched people get rocked by God, and it's awesome. And it, it is fantastic. It's not enough to change your life. What an encounter does is it shifts the way you think, and it kind of postures you in a new direction, but it's still your job to have self-control, self-discipline, and schedule yourself to see what God wants for you. It's 100% God and 100% us. We're not more important than God in the equation ever, but God has set the system up where we are free-willed human beings and we will reap what we sow. Are you with me on that? You only have so much time and energy. And you have to decide how you're scheduling your life. So think about it. Write down your goals for 2018, personally, professionally, corporately. What do you want to see? You're in charge of it and start sowing seed one of my convictions for this year is I felt like a good dad up until like six months ago. And I thought, I feel out of control now. (laughs) Like, um, not at my children. I'm saying like, they're winning. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're like, I'm, I'm not parenting. Well, (laughs) it was the other night I told Stacey, I was like, I just have to get back into books about parenting again. I, I just feel like they're like onslaughting me, but it's been two years since I've really pushed myself into parenting skills. So, again, I'm like, okay, I need to listen to podcasts. I need to read books. I need to get engaged back. I've never parented a 7-year-old before. This is new for me. So I have to, I want my children to love me and think I'm relevant and want to be around me when I'm 60, so I have to sow seed. So what, what is it for you? And write down your priorities and just start scheduling yourself to do so your time and energy is going to go somewhere and just put it into the things you want to see fruit from. Netflix is not it, I promise. Is that hitting a sore spot or something? That's a prophetic. That's a prophetic thing right there. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Um, One more raw thought and then we'll do some worship. Okay, I I, I want to hit on this encounter's not enough thing. I, I want to be really clear with what I'm saying there. Our mission statement here is to remain in God's presence, explore his passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire a city. The first part of that is to remain in God's presence. That is everything. We're nothing without the presence of God. I, I don't want to just meet. Not, that's not what we're doing. We need the raw, tangible presence of God to actually do what he wants us to do. But... The the tool supplying part is so awesome because you can have a mountaintop experience with God and have no tools on your tool belt, have no self-control, no self-discipline, and, and it will not yield long-term fruit. So my heart is to give people life skills and life tools so they can be successful. I've been doing... This church now for two years, and I've honestly come to the conclusion of I am just as passionate about people just having life skills as encountering God. Because I've watched people get really, really excited. People come in, they get excited about healing, they get excited about the prophetic, they get excited about the worship. Like, man, this is great! No life skills to make them sustain in community, and they they don't know what to do. That's not just here; I've seen it everywhere and so my point is like literally I'm talking like how to interview for a job how to dress for a job interview social cues parenting skills like just basic life 101 I have realized it doesn't matter if an angel shows up in the room and everyone's in awe what happens on Thursday we need both are you with me so when I say an encounter is not enough, I, I just I'm, I'm right. <laughs> um, what I used to do is like try to raise the level of encounter. Well, I'm, there's people in the room I know have seen Jesus face to face and they still have life problems. I, mean, I have life problems too. Are you with me? i told you a story a couple weeks ago. I saw I had an encounter with an angel where he spoke to me. Nothing changed. thought it was awesome. Nothing changed. So my point is we need the raw power and presence of God, but we need life skills. We need to schedule ourselves. We need to understand sowing and reaping. We have to engage as though we are 100% responsible for our lives and God's not going to come save the day. I know, sorry, refer back to the past three weeks if that offended you. (laughs) Jesus already saved the day. And then he left us here so we could keep ushering in what he's doing. Amen. All right. Worship team, you can come on up. Everybody ready to sow and reap? Okay. so let's let 2018 be a year where we look back and thank it. Can you feel that? Does anyone feel that in their personal life, that 2018 is like a very foundational year? Cool. Um, Cool. Why don't we stand up?